0: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. All the racing I've done, supercars and, uh, you know, all the GT and drifting and all that kind of stuff, I think it all helps. A lot of seat time and having some good times racing, it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: As long as we don't allow some of the lunatics to um, get the keys,
2: then uh, it'll continue to be at the, um, at the forefront uh, through hard work and diligence, particularly on the part of the team owners and investment by them. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. And welcome to
1: Inside Supercars. Hello to Craig Revell
3: Good evening, Tony. What another big week it is, considering that we are so far away from our next event.
1: Indeed we are. It's been a big week. and uh, probably only going to get bigger as the week goes on and gets closer That uh, bit more to the next event in Darwin. Um, news this week, of course, about uh, the Grand Prix now becoming part of, after many, many years, Becoming part of the championship with championship races and points on offer, which is big news.
3: It is big news, and probably one of the biggest things that will come from that is how are they going to structure the races? There, thirty minutes to sixty minute races are being uh, are being foreshadowed, and, and it's going to be very interesting to uh, see if that does become a fact the other thing i'd like to broach with you is will it mean that the grand prix is going to become the first race of the year and uh, i seem to have read somewhere or thought i've read somewhere that there is a move that we'll kick it off in in uh, the grand prix and that would be very interesting for Clipsal to become the second race
1: yes indeed and of course it might have something to do with compressing the schedule which was mooted some years back that, you know, it's too long a season, too, blokes too long away from their families for too often, whereas fortnightly on has a great deal of attraction, keeping people interested, keeping involved in the series. Indeed. Anyway, we'll talk more on that later, along with uh, Walkenshaw and what uh, Ryan's next moves are. Also in the subject is uh, who's going to be uh, competing for the series this year. It looks like being at this stage, you'd say, two horse races with the DJR 10 Penske and the Triple Eight, but RA on the sidelines, just looking away at their heels.
3: Mm. Indeed. And I want to talk about wild cards and, uh, and potentially Super Dunlop Super 2 wild cards as well. Um, I think that should go onto the agenda, Tony, because uh, we could be, well, in my opinion, we could be using the Dunlop Super 2 as a potential way of keeping supercars in the news when they're not on the track.
1: Indeed. And this week, discussing those subjects and more that they have on their agendas, are two of Australia's leading digital motorsport journalists, and Tom Howard from Speed Cafe, now certainly one of the broadest motorsport digital uh, platforms available, along with Stefan Bartholomew, who, of course, is now across at Supercars, having been at uh, Speed Cafe for some time. He's the digital supercar editor, broaching uh, the Supercars uh, website, keeping everybody up to date on what's happening in their part of the world. So they'll be coming up after the break with a discussion on all those subjects and a whole lot more.
2: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page. And to ask a question, email insiders at com.
4: for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. there actually needs to be a structure... Inside
2: Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
1: And welcome back to Inside Supercars. It's a big week this week. It's media week and we have two of the masters of the digital world of motorsport, that being Tom Howard from the Speed Cafe. Good evening. Good evening. And Stefan Bartholomew from Supercars, the digital editor. Good evening, Stefan.
4: Evening, Tony. Thanks for having me.
1: Pleasure indeed. Pleasure. Joining us, uh, Craig and myself here tonight, to discuss uh, a raft of things. It's a busy week, as usually uh, in the world of supercars. Fascinating that uh, the announcement this week about the AGP, finally, championship races and
4: championship points. Uh, your feeling, Stefan? Yeah, well, I think uh, it's been pretty universally celebrated today, that news. Um, something that obviously supercars have wanted for a long time, but also a lot of people don't realise that the Australian Grand Prix Corporation also wanted it and was pushing for it for several years, but uh, with previous uh, Formula 1 management, that didn't seem possible, but of course that all changed last year with uh, Liberty Media taking over and they've uh, embraced the idea of upspecking the supercars component of the event, so uh, I think it's great for supercars and it's great for the event. And Tom yeah know much much service to Stefan.
0: i think it's uh, i think it's a great move um We see you know in europe that grand Prix events have uh, you know formula two and g p three and and high profile championships like that on the bill so I, I don't see why supercars couldn't have that championship slot to to follow those
3: and the yeah, irony yeah. always was that Supercars was the only one that wasn't there as a championship round. Carrera Cup, uh, AGP, all those other categories were running championship rounds. So it was really uh, just this funny, uh, funny situation where um, uh, Tony and other managers would uh, were hanging out for some uh, elusive carrot to uh, get that championship status and then all of a sudden it got pulled out from under him by Bernie saying, well, no, you can't do it.
1: Well, the good thing is that that man called Eccleston is no longer there and we now have a group of media managers as well as category managers of Liberty who seem to care about what the viewers and the the people who pay the money to come through the gate are interested in, which leads us on to another topic and that being... The changes this year, big changes at Walkinshaw. Stefan, you've seen uh, uh, another manager go under, and uh, Ryan Walkinshaw step in, and I've got to resettle, sort all this out. have got to find a new manager. and Pretty amazing
4: times. Yeah, it's been uh, extraordinary, the level of turmoil in that team, and it was one of those situations where Adrian was let go uh, just over a week before uh, before Winton. And when Ryan Walkenshaw faced the media at Winton, we were kind of thinking that some questions would be answered, but it raised a lot more questions than we had before because he's, he's talking about um, potentially shopping uh, for some customer components, front end, and various other things that make these cars go fast. And uh, as supercars.com reported uh, last week that... Um, They've asked a question to Triple Eight and also ProDrive about potential supply, which raised plenty of eyebrows. So I think there's uh, there's a lot more than just a team principal question that needs to be answered there. They need to understand what they want to be as a either a manufacturing race team or a customer team and how the whole structure works under um, that. Do you think, Tom, that um, possibly... Uh Triple
1: H uh, said that so if you want to buy our front end uh, our suspension, our uprights um, you're going to have to get rid of that bloke who's in charge <laughs>
0: Well I'm not sure about that I mean um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's obviously quite a tricky situation going on there I mean there's so, obviously got a they got a lot to sort out let alone obviously finding a new team principal so um, I think um, in, in Matt Nielsen he seems to be uh, quite a calming influence in that team. And I reckon he'd be quite good to sell the ship just just in the in the meantime while they try and work out which direction they want to take.
1: It is surprising that the man who was sort of pushed sideways into the GT program, which is a customer program where, you know, Liam Talbot is buying the drive and things like that, is that he should be brought back in and close to the, uh, the top of the tree.
4: Yeah, definitely. Like, um... Teco came back to Walkinshaw's after his stint at Pro Drive at the end of 13 with Adrian and was the technical director there for yeah. um, for two seasons before the start of last year he got shuffled as you say sideways, downwards, whatever you want to call it, into GT program and he was doing uh, weekend warrior engineering for the customer Erebus uh, deal when they bought those cars off Walkinshaw's, and he was very much, uh, appeared to be on the outer but now he's... Uh, He's carrying the whole joint because not only is he um, acting team principal for the supercar squad, but he's still running the GT program as well. So even in the lead-up to Winton, like on the the Wednesday, he was down at Phillip Island testing, testing with the Porsche and then obviously racing it last weekend as well. So he's got plenty going on. Really, indeed.
3: Tom, indeed. do you think that we're in a situation now where the the componentry and the development on the componentry is so... Is so uh, resource intensive and so expensive that Walkinshaw's have got a very good engine program. They are perhaps thinking we'll concentrate more on the engines. We're selling a goodly number to the field now, and we'll buy in those other components where we're behind the eight ball. On
0: yeah, no, that's that's absolutely the case. I reckon that's probably the best the best situation for them is to try and do that. I mean, in the long, in the long term. I mean, personally, I'm I'm not a big fan of, uh, I, I would much rather have there be control components, but that's just my point of view. Uh, it works in other championships, and I think you know it could work here too. But yeah, like I say, that's that could be the situation, I think. They've got to get themselves, they've just got to get that, that car sorted somehow and just try and then build from there. I mean, obviously the engine thing, is working very well at DRM with those engines. So yeah, I'd keep, keep flying down that
3: route. And, Stefan, buying the components isn't always the uh, uh, the cure, is it? Because uh, if you talk to the 888 teams, there was a, a series of front ends, I think it was 5.2 or 5.3, that actually wasn't any better, and it wasn't until they got to the 6th gen front end that they started to make some gains again. They were a little bit out to lunch for a, 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 you know not long at 888, but the customers that bought those Gen 5 front ends were uh, caught in a, between a rock and a hard place because they actually bought something that wasn't as good as the uh, previous model.
4: Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's one of those things, and we should stress that Warpenshaw haven't committed to, to doing anything. They've just, uh, as far as we know, they've just put some feelers out to, uh, to ask some questions. So, like, for me, I'd be disappointed to see them go down that route. I think um, they've got a massive facility where they are and a long history of, of being a, a manufacturing team. It would be a shame for them to dwindle back to a to a customer but um yeah even, even we're talking about triple eight i mean they've got so many customers at the moment and they're played out for 2018 stuff it's hard to see uh, anybody uh being able to slide into that um into that food chain let alone and chores who have as tony mentioned before have got such a uh, tempestuous uh, history and relationship with uh, with rd and triple eight so uh yeah, I'm not sure if that's uh, going to be the way they go. Looking at this season, I mean, it, it seems quite
1: defined now with the top four in the championship coming from those two teams of DJ Team Penske and uh, Roland's Triple Eight. With those four cars sitting there, the two teams, is it going to become a two-horse co- two race for the rest of the year or will PRA be able to climb back? Tom, your feelings on that?
0: You'd, you'd hope that ProDrive would be able to come back. I mean, they've clearly they've got the resources there to be able to do so oh, obviously you look at the championship at the moment on paper you, you would suggest not um, it's very much a two horse race if you look at it currently but um, there was, everyone's obviously got test days coming up right, which is obviously people are going to make progress but it's just who makes the most progress from those um, but yeah I, I would suggest that ProDriver are not out of this just yet I think, they, I think they've definitely We've seen from Mostert already that he's he's got some encouraging pace there. I think uh, Wendermann has actually struggled a fair bit, but I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll come back with something.
4: Stephen? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's... Uh, for the championship, there's there's four blokes in it, but the good thing about, about the category is that I think it's still close enough. Obviously, it's not quite as... Uh, last year, we saw 10 winners from the first 12 races, we certainly haven't seen that this year, but, you know, we'll go to Darwin, and the high-grip joint, and I wouldn't be surprised to see BJR up there, missing one last year. You know, so we'll go to individual races, and other people should be able to still contend, but, um, yeah, over, over a season, Mostert was the only one, realistically, that anyone was really thinking might be able to hang on. Yeah. But uh, we saw at Winton, I mean, you know, he's qualified on the front row for two of the last four races. The thing's quick. Uh, but you have uh, you have a mechanical like they had on the Saturday And it drops a heap of points And then they just had a weird, unexplained P17 in quality Which may have been a bit of a mental hangover for Chaz the next day And yeah, all of a sudden you're 200 points uh, back down the road from the big boys So it's going to be tough for, for them With two single
1: races, that being Sandown and Bathurst uh, you, know, you have a DNF in one of those And that really hurts the season Um, But, yeah, there usually seems to be one more twist along the way and then another twist that uh, somebody drops out of a contention and
3: somebody else comes into it. It seems to be more a case, though, that somebody drops out of contention. I can't remember any big comeback kid... Uh, although saying that now I think Wing Cup and his fifth championship might have had a, a such a strong run home that he uh, managed to get over the top
1: The wild cards uh, it's been another twist and turn in the series, you know, 26 and then 28 and all those sort of things Your your view on uh, the introduction of them at Winton, uh, Tom?
0: I thought it was a great idea actually. I genuinely was really, um, really happy with, with how that actually rolled out I think it's long overdue I think the Dunlop series and the gap between that and supercars is, is is a lot bigger than people think. And allowing those drivers the chance to just mix it with the the top guys out there is is massively important for for them in their development. And uh, I think I think more more of it. I'd like see I'd like to see more of it. Definitely, I think it's a really good program.
4: Stephen, yeah, as Tom said, I think uh, I echo those thoughts. It's it's interesting. I certainly wouldn't have, um, I've been pleasantly surprised by how well this has been supported by the team owners. Um, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that you know, Marcus Ambrose was trying to do a wild card with the uh, city 500 and, well, oh, know that's not permitted. And you definitely have to have a wreck to be doing these races, you know, outside of Bathurst and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. It was another storyline for us. Um, at Winter, we will be again for, um, for Hidden Valley and, and Ipswich, and I think the best thing is, I mean, we saw, like, I think Golding got a P16 in the on, on Saturday, and, and McCauley qualified in the top 20 both times, and with all due respect, to McCauley, uh, Shay Davies, and James Golding, um, you know, Jack LeBrock and Todd Hazelwood are the other wild cards, and they've been running better than than Shay and McCauley in, in DBS, so... Uh, yeah, having seen those blokes drop into the top 20, there's uh, going to be quite a bit of interest to see what Jack and Todd can, uh, can do.
3: Mm. And, and the big thing about the wildcards at Winton is they were starting in front of, out qualifying and out racing people who not only are in the main game championship, but Winton, Stefan, is their home track. It's the one that they all do their testing on.
4: Yeah, I guess that that's the case though for the, the three boys that were the wild cards and certainly and McCauley's pretty much grown up at that joint, so if there was anywhere he was going to go, well, it should have been there. But, uh, yeah, saying that, like James Golding, as was uh, well reported beforehand, um, hasn't done any racing in six months and didn't even do his allocated uh, wildcard tests. So, uh, yeah, it was still an impressive job by those guys.
1: And more after the break from Stefan and Tom giving us their views on the world of
2: Inside Supercars with Craig LaVelle and Tony Whitlock. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio, any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's crew Grand Prix and I just remind myself... Of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion.
0: Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world.
2: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Fabian Colthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars.
1: Tom Howard from the Speed Café. And Stefan Bartholomew from Supercars, which brings us to the subject of uh, race formats. I mean, the change this year—longer um, races again on Saturday—and um, having only the two race format uh, for most of the year at these uh, super sprints. Um, there to, to your
4: liking, and do you think it uh, aids racing, Stefan? Yeah, I um, I think they're the same as same as last year. I think for the super sprint rounds, and um, yeah, I think I think it's. Great, like um, it gives that mix of um, a sort of sprint feel on the Saturday, even though there's still a pit stop, in know, one hundred and twenty k race. But um, really, it's there's not too much strategy in it. And then you've you've got that strategic game on, on the Sunday of uh, not only tire variable but but the fuel, where you can uh, you can sort of vary your one hundred and forty liter fuel drop uh, across the two stops and play off position with uh, with fuel in hand and, and all of those games that um, keep the suspense going so I think Winton was a was a really good ad for that format obviously you, you're always going to have some not so exciting races and, and others more exciting but um, it delivered pretty well a lot of uh, hand-to-hand combat in both races so I think it was pretty good yeah.
3: Now Stefan uh, a little bugbear of mine is a few years ago Supercars announced that the uh, was no longer a weekend being around and that there was only a race winner each day. And then they, when that was too confusing, they said, no, each race in itself is around and then you have an event on the weekend. Has this changed back there at Supercars headquarters? Because after Jamie Winkup at the press conference said, well, I won the weekend... We saw a spate of reporting that Jamie Winkup won the round. Yeah,
4: I don't. Uh, I don't think anything actually changed. Um, I know it does get a run every now and then on Inside Supercars. I think Scaphy likes to roll out the round stats. I haven't looked, but maybe maybe he was on top of those in the all-time tally, so he likes to keep that sand uh, kicking down the road. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's every race for themselves, as far as I know.
3: <laughs> Can you do something about it? You're in there at headquarters. well, the Queensland headquarters well, at really least.
4: changes all, you know.
3: <laughs> Tom, is there a T20 motor racing format that supercars could possibly adopt? Everyone seems to want to have a T20 format.
0: Well, it's going to get it's probably not going to go down too well, but I'll I'll bring it up anyway. But um I just would like to talk about the British Touring Car Championship uh, briefly. Um <laughs> it's it's sorry, sorry
4: tommy i think you're cutting out there your, your phone was said, uh, <laughs> may have to may have
0: to move on <laughs> uh, well i know it's not going to get too many fans out here but it's one of the things i still uh still enjoy so um uh it's having grown up with that uh we our race fights have been very very sort of standard we did dabble with pit stops in the late 90s but it didn't work so i've I'm a big fan of the let's get them out there 16 lap sprint races don't give them much time so they've got to make overtaking moves when they can and let's let's do that because I think I think if you watch the championship now I know you you probably won't have seen it but it's it's absolutely booming at the moment in terms of action um there's you know it's it's, you're you're getting multiple overtakes for the lead in a 16 lap race which is which is which is entertainment by my book so um I, I would sort of indicate something like that unless you wanted to go down some sort of rally cross type style of thing where it's a literal like six lap shootout and you and you follow it on from there.
3: Stefan, what about you?
4: Yeah, I think we've seen with these with these cars and supercars being so competitive and so close that, that pure sprint racing without any variable of a pit stop uh, does often lead to just processional uh, however they finish the first lap once everyone's got the tyre pressure up that's uh that's all she wrote i mean it was only in like, the first half of 2015 we did we had races like that and they tried to change it mid-season to avoid that so um i think um like when you're talking 2020 the the amount of time that even the 200k races on the sunday goes for is actually probably about equivalent it wouldn't it be to a twenty twenty match. So I think if you're thinking along those lines it's more about how do we get it onto prime time T V slot, can we get it under lights? You know, those topics have been well thrashed out in the past. But that's that's more how you do it and you know, supercar CEO James Warburton has been uh, quite on the front foot about wanting to do a midweek evening races at Sydney Motorsport Park if they could get the funding for the lights, which would be our equivalent, I think, of T20. Yeah.
3: And I, I guess the critical um, thing is you'd speak to any team owner, you speak to any driver, and they say the short races are a waste of time. If anything, we need to make the races longer because that's when they become challenging and, and they aren't just a first-corner procession.
4: Yeah, I think um, the good thing about the Bruce During cars is a lot of those blokes think it's oldrim cars and there's sort of a ragtag mix of amateurs in there too and... <laughs> everyone sort of trips over each other and it's a, it's a great laugh, but uh, sure, <laughs> races don't work so well in a, in
1: a professional <laughs> I'm sure Alan Gow's got your number, be warned.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping to get a response out of Tommy there, but he's just... I'll uh, take offence to the,
0: yeah, the, the ragtag. <laughs> I'll take offence to that. That's, they're not ragtag dog on a string type, so I'll give you that. Um, um, no, it's, no, it's good. Like It's really good at the moment. I'd say it's probably as close as it was to to the 90s as uh,
1: it has ever been now with the the quality of the championship. Yeah, back in the 90s, Tom, I mean, it was a fantastic series. I mean, when it was mooted to come here, that was all full and well. But, you know, cars had cost so much money to service. You know, gearboxes having me rebuilt every second meeting and things Mm -hmm. like that made it totally impractical for our, our very rough tracks compared to the, you know, smoother ones in England. But, um, one subject that I would like to raise, and uh, Stephen, I'm not trying to uh, put you in any position, I was fascinated. The uh, most recent winner of a major category in Australia was Tim Miles with his uh, New Zealand co-driver, Jackson Evans. Tim, of course, has a great history in supercars. He uh, is a uh, acquisitions manager. He runs his own company in Sydney, and he was famously involved in the... Sale and subsequent purchase by Archer of the category from uh, the consortium of team owners and SEL. I spoke to him at the weekend, and he told me that he doesn't have an involvement other than the interests of the team owners. So he still has an interest, and they're still a prospective buyer. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean uh, it,
4: it was a good segue there from from Tony. Obviously, Timmy uh, having that win on the weekend. Um, yeah, I guess um, t- Tim was. Uh, uh, instrumental, fundamental, whatever word you want to use, uh, in the in the sale last time, and and obviously he had seen it from the team side of the fence as well, because he was a director at, um, at Tasman back in the day, yeah. and yeah. Um, in 15, obviously uh, bought an equity uh, stake in in Triple A, so uh, yeah, no matter what side of the fence you're on, he's uh, he's probably the right man to be involved in those discussions, I would think. He's been involved in some uh, pretty massive
1: deals, including uh, toll, um, purchase of companies around the world. Um, When Wayne McLaughlin, father of Scotty, when he uh, sold his uh, truck business, it was uh, Tim Miles who orchestrated that up in Queensland. So, Tim has got his fingers on a lot of pulses and uh, an interesting man. And after having Tom and Stefan on this week, we'll be going to our final thoughts. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Tom. Greatly appreciate your input. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Great to see you, and uh, we'll catch up with you later in the year.
2: Excellent. Brilliant. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year
4: in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, a
2: sustainable career in tin tops such as BAT Supercars in Australia is where I see myself.
4: Second crack
1: at
2: the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Freeway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au
3: hi i'm craig Lance. hi i'm dale wood and you're listening to
2: supercars today
1: and welcome back to inside supercars it's a summary of the week now that uh, looks at uh, fascinating insight from both Stephen and tom as digital kings in their worlds and craig your final thoughts for this week
3: my final thought is a plug to uh Well, a great listener of this show, Richard Crowell, and of course, uh, guest, regular guest over the years. And he's got a website called theracetalk.com, theracetalk.com. And uh, most recently, a former editor of Auto Action, David Siegel, has returned to the typewriter, if you uh, like that coin of phrase, and if you don't, bad luck, I just used it. (laughs) to uh, do a series of articles called The Big Picture, which is on the site. And they have been uh, great. He kicked it off with uh, a story about should they close the pit lane uh, during yellow flags and only allow drivers and teams to pit under green? And uh, get rid of, thereby getting rid of stacking and a whole bunch of other things that we don't like in the sport. And then his uh, next story was about should Bathurst be the grand final, and I know many people have uh, different views on that. And then m- most recently, his big picture is on what is the future of supercars. So I I would recommend to you to have a look at theracetalk.com. And for those stories alone, there are some other great stories as well. Mark Walker, Gary O'Brien and Richard are all contributing to that site. And it has been very, very good so far. So Richard, keep up the good work as he well, it's stupid saying that because he always does good work.
1: And of course that's race talk spelled T O R Q U E, correct?
3: Yes, that is correct. Thanks for clearing that up.
1: That's quite all right. Uh, Well, I want to follow on from that is uh, bring up the subject of Phillip Island and the GT races of the weekend, which having been there on the Friday and Saturday, I didn't stay around for the wet race on Sunday. I've become self-preservationist, of course, in recent years, but I was able to watch it closely because of live streaming. That compared live streaming of the race combined with NatSoft and live timing meant I could closely follow the race. It was a terrific event, interestingly... Sandown of 2007, when that great uh, driver of Alan Simonson, he and Tim Lay, won in the Ferrari at a 430 back at Sandown 07. That is still the longest, outside the 12 hour, the longest GT endurance race in Australia. It was 490 kilometres. We were supposed to be 500, but of course, because of various safety cars, it only ended up being 458 kilometres. But it was a fantastic race, and live streaming is certainly going to be a way that. A lot more people can see races that otherwise won't get to air, if not delayed, if ever. So it was fantastic. All to points to it, and it, it brings to a close this week's Inside
2: Supercars a fascinating look at the world of motorsport. And it's good night from Greg.
3: And it's good night from him. Good night.
2: Thank you. The Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au.